Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in this series we're doing called, Do You Want to Get Well? This whole series uh, has been based on a question that Jesus asked a man at the Pool of Bethesda uh, in John chapter 5, a man who had been sick for a very long time. Uh, and um, the question was, was a, it's such an impactful, powerful question. It's a question that we all need to be thinking about all the time. Do you want to get well? Because uh, on one hand, you might think, well, the guy was at the place of known for healing and stuff, but uh, he'd been there apparently for, you know, 38 years and nothing had ever changed. And the question really was, do you really want to get well? And it's a great question that we need to ask ourselves because I think at some level the answer is, well, of course we want to get well, but the, the depth of the question is, um, are you willing to make some changes in your life? Are you willing to do things differently? Are you willing to break out of what's familiar um, it's particularly when f familiar is steering you wrong. Um, would you, are, are you willing to trust God and, and, uh, and do it His way instead of your way? These are the questions that spring from the question, do you want to get well? And I've said to you that it's, it's really sort of the, the battleground that we live in, that, um, that uh, there's a very real spiritual battle that goes on around us. And... and uh, we have Jesus who is absolutely for us, who loves us, who's gone to the cross for us. In John 10, 10, it says that he's come that we might have life, uh, full and abundant life, a now and forever life. And in that same passage, it says that there's a very real enemy who wants to steal that life away. And, and that um, this, is, this is sort of the, the heart of the matter in our lives. You know, are we going to do it God's way and find life? Or are we going to do it our way, which by default is actually following after our adversary? And, and so these are the choices that we make on a daily basis and we have spent weeks talking about the lies of the enemy and the and the promises that, that uh, we have in God to overcome those lies and what that looks like and that this is what's taking place so we spent I think the first 11 weeks setting that out and talking about living well and um, two weeks ago we, we now we're talking about praying well that this is a, a big part of experiencing real now and forever full and abundant life um, it's it's about establishing and, and uh, getting settled into a solid, disciplined prayer life, a connection with God. And I know that word discipline is not a word that we, we tend to be really, you know, excited about, but we're disciples, and that's what it means, is that, that we have a, a disciplined process in our lives of making sure we have God as a priority. And that the motivation for those changes, if we laid this out, my hope is that what motivates you to change is the reality that you have an adversary who's been stealing life away from you by getting you to be less disciplined than, than, than we probably should be. And, and that he uses tricks and, and he uses fear and worry and distractions and, and that um, in place for instead of those things, you know, instead of fear, we have the word of God uh, and instead of worry, we have prayer and instead of distraction, we have worship. And yet, you know, the enemy is, is just constantly using these tricks against us. And we buy into them um, when we listen to the lies that he tells us. We're too busy. Um, you know, there's not enough time. It doesn't really matter. All those things. And so this is the battle that we face and that we're in. And so what I'm trying to do at this point in, in our series now is to sort of lay out for you um, an, a, a process of getting better connected to God. And, and I'm, I'm encouraging you to incorporate these things into your lives 
um, over time because if you go in too fast then then we sort of get overwhelmed and so we're, we're just talking about some sort of five-minute morning and evening concepts that I'm encouraging you to add to your life so that you can experience all of the full and abundant life that we can have in, in Christ and that we're adding to these things over the next several months and and just slowly sort of moving into it so two weeks ago I talked about um, adding into our lives a reading in the pro in the Psalms morning and night and that we call that our daily salt intake PSALT and we actually have a devotional book for it that uh, um, looks like this um, and and all the readings in there for every day and I'm, I'm out right now we've given away thousands uh, over a thousand not thousands but so I got more coming but they're not here yet but everything is online and it's it's available to you if you go to the website at keysvineyard.com or mine and just look for daily salt intake you hit the button every day takes you right to a thing you find the date click it and there you are with the readings and that um, we, we said that that reading of the Psalms every day helps us to be the salt of the earth we made that connection and what it looks like and then uh, so we're doing that this month and then last week I talked about adding a reading in the Proverbs morning and night and I, I set it up for you and talked about it but I said look don't worry about that we'll add that one next month and we'll increase our reading time a little as we sort of get into the flow and we call that the daily sage intake and I gave away all those books too but we'll have more coming and uh, you can get there on the website daily sage for wisdom and that you start reading a proverb in the morning and the evening um, it begins to help us uh, with practical advice the proverbs are very practical and we tied that into Matthew 5 as well about being the light of the world that it helps us to know how we're supposed to live in the process so um, that that's a great start those two things are a great foundation for our prayer lives but I want to talk today about adding another part to that again not right away but I want you to build up to it you'll get used to reading the Psalms you will used to reading the Proverbs and then the next thing that we're going to talk about is is what I like to call the daily bread intake and that's where we begin to add scripture reading in the morning and at night to help you move through the Bible every year and and it really doesn't take very long again see sometimes we've uh, we sort of bought into things that oh we don't have time for that but really we should we should be reading the book constantly in our lives and there's always time for it because this is where we find all the promises of God and and this is what combats the fear that's all around us and 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 that's we find everywhere and yet the enemy wants to distract us from this to keep us away from this because he likes us to be stuck in fear and so so we need to incorporate in our lives a consistent reading of the scripture um, on a regular basis and once you get it incorporated you start to feel funny without it uh, again but over you, you add these things in pieces okay uh, so that you can read through them and and the, the reading that we have on again it's online under daily bread intake um, it's a couple of uh, sections in the morning and a couple sections in the evening we'll take you through the Old Testament once every year and the New Testament twice and then in, and so so it's really very good for you to do that so I'm going to talk about why that's so important here in just a moment but you know I like to take a break from the intro into the message with something that's absolutely nonsensical and I believe I found that once again I got a few few sayings for you like check this out um, recently I decided I'd take a vow of poverty to test me please send me money <laughs> I don't have a problem with willpower 
It's won't power I have a problem with. What if there were no hypothetical questions? There's no sense in being pessimistic. It wouldn't work anyway. All right, last one of those. If you try to fail and succeed, which have you done? Oh, that's, that almost hurts. This is the one my wife told me to do, last thing. This Texas rancher goes to Scotland because he wants to buy some Highland cattle, you know, and he's a big Texas rancher, and he's all proud of himself and everything that he's going to Scotland to, to buy some cattle, and, and he meets up with a, with a Scottish, you know, cattle rancher, and, and uh, it's obvious this guy's ranch isn't anything in comparison to his, you know, and, and so the, the Texans all full of pride and everything, and, and he, says, uh, he says, you know, um, it takes me a whole day to drive from one side of my ranch to the other. And the Scottish, the Scottish farmer says, aye. Sure, I understand. We have tractors like that over here, too. <laughs> the accent, I think, is... Maybe it'll be better tomorrow. Scripture reading. This always gets me out of trouble. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. This is out of the message. Paraphrase. I like the paraphrase here. Uh, and it says this. There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we're put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Through the Word. We're put together and shaped up for the task God has, for the life that we're called to live. It happens as we, as we take in and, and begin to, to, to live by the Word of God. In, uh, in Luke chapter 4, verse 4, it says this, uh, But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And, and so that's where I got this, uh, this sort of the idea, of, of course, of a, of a daily bread intake was from Jesus saying, you know, you, we don't live on bread alone, but by every word of God. Uh, that's the, the word of God that's our, our spiritual bread in our lives. And so the daily bread intake are short readings in the morning and evening that will, as I said, have you reading through the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice a year. It takes five minutes in the morning, five minutes evening. That is all it takes. I do it all the time. So, 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 so far what I've, what I've been talking about is five minutes in the, Pro, in the Psalms, five minutes in the Proverbs, five minutes in, in the Bible, and, and reading the, the, you know, the Old and New Testament passages. But as you read them, you'll find that it doesn't take a full five minutes. It really doesn't. Um, they just kind of get in there. But they will, uh, the other thing that you need to know is as you read them, you will find them working into your life and helping you in situations day to day. And so I want to talk about the importance of developing this kind of discipline uh, of reading the Bible every day. So point number one is this. Let's talk about the Word of God for a moment. The Word of God, uh, the Bible. Ephesians 6, 17 uh, says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Paul calls the Word of God the sword of the Spirit. Now the sword uh, is both an offensive and a defensive weapon. And, and so the Word of God helps us in defending against the enemy as well as assaulting 
the enemy during battle. Uh, we defend against him by not listening to his lies. That's what we've been talking about. By knowing what the truth is. By not letting him twist the truth because we know what the word says. Because we spend time reading it. And so we don't buy into his lies any longer because he's trying to steal life from us. Um, and then we assault him by living uh, as, we, as we live by trying to do the next right thing experiencing the full and abundant life that Jesus came to give and then carrying out the mission and purpose that God has for us. We're people of mission and purpose and in that we experience life. But, but we have to make sure we have a solid foundation in this book and it's an ongoing constant part of your life as a believer. It's not something that you do one and say check it off your list and say I'm done, I've read it. Um, it's something that you continually do. You will do it and should be doing it until the day that Jesus comes back. Uh, or you meet him in whatever the case, that, that it has been your, your um, daily routine that you spend time in this book. Uh, um, and and that, you, that, you, that you know the book of the Lord so that you can better know the Lord of the book. See, that's how those things work. And so, so we have to dig in to the scripture. The second point is this, that the word of God exposes and defeats the lie of fear. And I told you, that's one of the tricks the enemy has. He likes to keep us fearful. He wants to make us fearful. The culture that we live in is very fearful. It, it's, it's revolved around fear. And, and it's, it, we're constantly bombarded by fearful things. You can't turn on the television um, without there being something fearful that, that they, they're trying to get you stuck into. Um, whether it's an event here or an event somewhere else or things that are happening, we, we've just been bombarded by so many bad things that it's absolutely changed the way that we experience life. And, and it's made us fearful um, so that we have a tendency to, to withdraw, to isolate, to get very self-focused, to kind of um, double-think everything because um, the culture has become a very fearful place. And uh, we also need to understand that when we say yes to the question that Jesus asks us, do we want to get well, um, we talked about this in, in one of the, the messages, there will be a little pushback from the enemy because this is a spiritual battle and he wants us living in fear. Because fear is crippling, fear is life-stealing. And, and um, you know, we're, we live in a culture really that's constantly being terrorized. Think about it. Um, and, and that's all part of the plan to get us to withdraw and disengage from the spiritual battle that we're called into. And, and it's very simple in a world like this to just bunker down and, and circle the wagons and, and try and keep yourself safe. Um, and yet in that, we, we stop experiencing the life that we're called to. It's a response to fear. It's not, it's not motivated by love. It's motivated by fear. And it causes us to miss the life that we're called to. And so we're, we, we, we don't need to live in fear. And, and as we engage in the, in the battle, the reason we don't need to be afraid is because God is with us and God is for us. And I, I know sometimes people um, might struggle with the, the whole spiritual battle concept um, because, it, you know, it's, it's in, in talking about a, an enemy, um, you know, and it's, isn't it better to focus on all the, on all the good stuff? And, and it certainly is, but if we're not aware of the sort of attack that's coming our way, then, then we're, we're susceptible to it. So being aware of it helps us to get prepared so that, that we can stand in the face of it. And, and we can't stand by and withdraw and let the enemy 
just take and lead countless numbers of people to destruction and, and continually allow him to steal away the life from us that we can have because we're afraid. We just can't. It's, it's not what we're called to do. It's, it's really a non-option for a follower of Jesus. I love this story in Joshua chapter 1 verses 4 through 9 because the people of Israel this time are preparing for a pretty big deal, pretty big battle and, and God is encouraging Joshua. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isn't that great? And it's just God encouraging us for the battle. Look, I'm with you. And just remember what's in the book and what's written in it and try and live doing that. And don't be afraid. Because it, when, you, when you give in to fear or apathy, um, you miss out on the life that we're called to. Third point, last point. And I, I, it's, this is keep your sword chart. Remember I said this is the sword of the Spirit. And, and so we need to keep our sword sharp. So, and I also, I've said to you that the daily readings in the Psalms of Proverbs and the Scripture will um, actively involve themselves in your life as you start, in your lives as you start taking them on. So in my daily bread reading uh, this, this week, I've been reading through 1 Samuel. And, uh, and this came up in 1 Samuel chapter th 13. Now, I've been reading through the Bible continuously for a long time. So I've read this chapter lots of times in the past. But, but see, things will pop out at you um, as you need them to um, in, in highlighting different things. It's very cool because the book is alive. This, this is nothing like this book. There's nothing else like it. It's living and active. It's, it's an amazing thing. All right. So I'm reading in 1 Samuel this week and, and um, pop, I'm thinking about the whole sword of the spirit concept and here come some verses about swords in, in the midst of this thing and I love this. 1 Samuel 13, 19 through 22. Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel because the Philistines had said, otherwise the Hebrews will make swords or spears. So all Israel went down to the Philistines to have their plowshares, maddocks, axes, and sickles sharpened. The price was two-thirds of a shekel for sharpening plowshares and maddocks and a third of a shekel for sharpening forks and axes and for repointing goads. So on the day of the battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or spear in his hand. Now here's what happened because I see I tell you the adversary is clever. The Philistines were the adversary at the time spiritually and what they had done was they would said you know if, um, if we take out all their blacksmiths then they won't be able to have any swords when the time comes and we'll charge them if they want anything sharpened because they're not going to want to pay you know a, a couple of bucks to come get something sharpened. They'll just let them go to, to ruin and, and sure enough that's what they did. They took out the blacksmiths and they made the blacksmithing expenses, uh, you know, costly to do. And so the people of God just sort of got lax and, and um, they, they stopped keeping their weapons sharp. 
and um, they didn't want to spend any money, so they just didn't do it. They just let them go. And so when the day of battle comes, none of them have a sword. Not a single one of them has a weapon, has, has anything to stand with in the process. Now, here's the deal. It will cost you something to keep your sword sharpened. And here's what it'll cost you. Time. It'll take some of your time. But it's one of the best uses of time there is because spending time in this is life-giving, not life-stealing. It will give you life. It will add to your life. It will bless your life. It will encourage your life. It's filled with the promises of God. It will change you if you'll let it. But it will not get to you by osmosis. You can't just kind of have it around and think that you're getting what's in it. You've got to open it and you've got to read it. And you've got to make it a pattern and you've got to make it a habit. And you've and you got to read it even if you don't fully get it. You just, you start to read it and then watch what the Holy Spirit will do as he, as he helps you understand it. Uh, it keeps us from being taken in by the life-stealing lies of the enemy. So we need to make sure we don't listen to him and focus our thoughts on the kingdom of God and on the things of the Lord and engage in this battle and stop buying the lies. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We have to be transformed, and, and the Word of God helps us to transform our minds. Don't, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't, don't give in and do what the culture does. Be different. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be consumed by constant bad news spun to make it worse. We don't need to just keep taking it in over and over again. Our, our mind is renewed by the sword of the Spirit. There's so much more life in five minutes in here than you'll get on any time watching the news. It's in here. And, and you need to be encouraged to pick it up and make it a habit. Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It, it helps us to know what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And, and it speaks to us about the decisions that we make for life, full and abundant life. And so I want to encourage you, again, with everything that's in me, to make reading the Bible, a part of your daily life, morning and night, and, and just begin to add it. And again, don't overwhelm. Start, if you're in the Psalms now, if you've been doing that, great. If you haven't started that yet, start that. Start with the Psalms. Just the way we have them laid out. You know, it's a two or three Psalms. It's five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening, and then add the Proverbs next month. Little quick readings. They don't take long at all. And then maybe in October, we'll add this, this daily bread. I just wanted to talk about it now so you knew that it was coming and you can begin to build up this habit. It takes it's something you build up to. Just don't jump right into it. And all of this stuff, like I said, is on the website. If you go to, to um, the websites and just look for the links for, for daily salt intake, daily sage intake, daily bread intake. And when you're, when you're reading those things, I did, this, I did something else too um, um, in, in putting the website together because people tell me sometimes that they don't read the Bible because they, they, they don't understand it and they have a lot of questions. So built into those readings in the Daily Bread Intake, there's a commentary right there and beyond that, on the right-hand side of the website is a place where you can put your email address in there and you type in what your question is and hit it and we will respond to you as quickly as we can to answer your question. 
I don't, I don't know how to do it any better than that. That's access. So if I can answer it, and you know, if I can't answer it, I'll, I'll find a way to answer it, but, uh, but, but so that you don't get stuck. Um, and, and because sometimes we get, see if you don't get it, sometimes we think, well, then it's just not worth reading. Don't stop there. Ask a question and then keep pressing on in your reading because life is found in the book. And so I, I hope that you can hear me and, and take this in. This is such a vital part of the life that we're called to. Is, is developing a, a deep spiritual connection with God that makes a difference, that has impact, that changes us and, and that we don't just sort of coast um, because you know we, we got the main deal when we got saved and don't get me, that's the big part, we're in, that's cool, that's great but now there's a life that we can have beyond what we often experience because of an enemy that's trying to steal it away so let's just really get plugged in and, and you'll find life in it. You will. You really will. It's, it's worth every moment that you spend will come back to you in ways that you can't even imagine. So um, we'll pick that up as we go on. And, and uh, if you're watching on television or video, thank you so much for spending these moments with us. We know how valuable your time is. If you need prayer, go to our website, find the prayer page, send us a request. We'll start praying for you. Or you can call us. Why don't you visit us sometime on Big Pine? We'd love to see you here. And uh, thank you for spending this time with us. What we're going to do here is um, I, I, we're going to transition now into our extended worship time and song. I'd love for you to stay, but I know for some of you, it's, you, you need to go. But if you can stay, it's going to be good tonight, uh, as it always is. Uh, and to move into that, and I want you to stretch your legs and everything, get around. Let's go ahead and take up our offering, and then we'll, we'll take a, a five-minute intermission, and we'll move into worship. So why don't you stand with me, and uh, let's pray for our offering. Father, um, as part of our worship, we come to you and we present to you our tithe, our gift, our offering. We pray, God, that you would use it to your glory, for that's why it's given. We come as cheerful givers, returning to you a portion of all that you've given us. And Papa, I pray you would open the floodgates of heaven, pour out blessing on each person here, Lord. Meet them, God, at the point of their need, and then overwhelm them with all that you are. Your love, your mercy, your grace, your kindness, your compassion, and your incredible provision for your children. And Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Won't you come present your tithe, your gift, your offering to the Lord? Offering boxes are up front here on the altar. We'll take a few minutes to greet one another, say hello, get some coffee, make sure everybody feels welcome. I'll get back together with you in five minutes to continue our worship in song. Watch the announcements roll back. We're back in four minutes and 55 seconds.